Warning. The Intercontinental Committee on Podcasting warns that listening to the Get the Fluff Out podcast may induce euphoric feelings of nostalgia, which may lead to complete and total ratitude. The show starts in three, two, one, go. Get the fluff out, 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 out. Welcome to Get the Fluff Out. I'm Hollywood, along with your co-host, Dirty Jim. And thanks for joining us on our rockin' journey through the decades in our quest for the musical holy grail, creating the ultimate Gen X rockin' mixtape playlist. On each episode, we'll choose which songs from an album review that will make the cut to appear on the playlist. It's time to experience the soundtrack of our lives. All right, baby, here we are in the studio. The Get the Fluff Out podcast is happening. Thank you for joining us today. To all our fans in 107 countries and territories around the world, thank you for joining us on the Get the Fluff Out podcast because this is the show where Dirty Jim and I, we both listen to all the songs. So you don't have to. So you don't have to. Hey, Dirt, what's going on? <laughs> not too much, not too much. I'm sitting here. The cat just came in the closet. She's uh, looking around right now. You know, you have a studio. I have a closet. Yes, this is true. <laughs> I have all the bells and whistles and all the, the technologies over here on this side. And you got a, uh, you got uh, Frankie and Fiona. I have, I have bells and whistles here. I'm just in a closet. <laughs> bells and whistles on the cats. Now, I have a... I have something uh, that I heard, and uh-huh. I just want to clarify right now. Okay. Did I hear you say 107 countries? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Not, I, I remember a few weeks ago, <laughs> the Gambia joined the fold. Right. What happened now? Yes. N- nothing gets by you, Dirty Jim. You're you're so uh, intelligent. I'm a sophisticate. <laughs> You're sophisticated. <laughs> yes, we do have another fan from another territory. Actually, it's an it's an island country, I guess. It's uh, the island of Martinique. Yes, they just joined the 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 fold. I know plenty of things about Martinique. I mean, this is just because I'm a I'm not really a world traveler, but I am a man of many. Knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're a man of a man about the world. You're a man, man of, of knowledge. Yeah, a man of many knowledge. Knowledge is. <laughs> Tell me something about Martinique. Yeah, I have some fun facts about our new fan or fans. Maybe it's a group of people, like we said with the Gambia. Maybe it's a group of people get together at the local gathering spot, which I know is this library in Martinique, <laughs> uh, some library. I know that people that go there, this is one of the most visited places. I don't have the name of the place, but I know it's a it's a library. It's uh, an architectural wonder. Huh. But anyway, a little stuff about uh, Martinique. Martinique is an island nestled between the Caribbean Sea and the Atlantic Ocean. The island itself is 425 square miles. That's 50 miles long and 22 miles wide. 
and it's just a little smaller than New York City. And Martinique was claimed by France in 1635, but France and Britain fought over it until 1815. And Hollywood, to me, it seems like these British people had a problem with everyone back then. They thought that they owned the whole world. They're so small, too. It's amazing now when I look at it and say, these people were actually a powerhouse at one time. You know, no offense to the British, but anyway. Um, <laughs> hey, man, we got a lot of UK fans out there, so watch it. <laughs> but Martinique, uh, it's been inhabited for over 4,000 years now, and the population is over 400,000 people. That's 400,000 people on the island that's just a little smaller than New York City. The capital of Martinique is Fort de France, and Martinique is also known as the Isle of Flowers, and two-thirds of the island is nationally protected parkland. Martinique, I'm sure you don't know this, but you're going to be very excited about this one. Martinique is the rum capital of the world and is home to 12 different brands of rum. I, I love me some uh, some Caribbean rum. Oh, I, that's good stuff. I don't. I'm a beer man myself. But <laughs> but there is an active volcano in Martinique named Mount Pele. Yes. And the most recent eruption was back in 1932, but the deadliest one took place in 1902. And within a few minutes from 29,000 to 32,000 people were killed, and the town of St. Pierre was totally destroyed. Absolutely. Wow. It's crazy stuff. Here is the most important fact that I have about Martinique and the last fact. These are just things obviously just flying off of my head or out of my head, however you want to say, (laughs) out of my mouth, really. But here is the last thing I'm going to tell you about Martinique. The residents of Martinique are referred to, now I saw two pronunciations of this. One is Martini Case. And the other one is Martini K. And that one sounds more real because I know that, you know, with the Frosh people, they sometimes don't use those S's. So I'm going to say that they are referred to as Martini K. Wow. Dirty Jim. Yeah. You are such a sophisticated. All that stuff just coming off the top of your head. You probably just heard all this knowledge throughout your life. And right now at this moment, you're just... You're just recalling it. You're just, uh, just it's just coming out of, uh, out of, uh, out of your mouth. I have a hunger for knowledge, Hollywood, <laughs> and also wow. for, also for uh, buffalo wings. So I, oh. you know, I have, a, I have lots of hungers out there. Yeah, but uh, wings, uh, good wings and beers is good stuff. I gotta tell you, I, I was out for football last night, and I had some brown ale and some delicious wings. Mm. Oh. Now, you've been down here, and, and I brought you a couple places for wings, and they have never disappointed yet. Yeah, that's right. But anyway, Hollywood, you know what? Let's stop this. You know, I I don't want to keep on going on and on about my knowledge. So why don't we get right into the show, unless you have something else you want to say. Maybe you want to say something about Martinique, or maybe even go back to the Gambia, the Gambians. No, I'm just, I'm just going to go ahead uh, with the episode, and just before that, remind everyone that all the songs that we pick and choose on our episodes, they end up on this uh, playlist, which you can find on Spotify. It's called Ultimate Gen X Rock and Mixtape Playlist. And uh, I heard that our friend, our fan, Andy Pacelli, introduced our Ultimate Gen X Rock and Mixtape Playlist 
to a bunch of people on his Labor Day weekend um, fest. I guess they were out in the woods or somewhere up in New Hampshire, and they had their Labor Day weekend campout trip or something. Yeah, let me just say, though, that, you know, friend first, fan second. That's Andy for us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he had mentioned, he actually posted right on the on the Get the Fluff Out podcast group page on Facebook. So if you guys want to go there, join that page. It's Get the Fluff Out podcast. Just do the search there on Facebook. You'll find us. Uh, he did mention on there how for a couple days straight, a couple days. Yeah. He was just playing. He just pressed play on the ultimate Gen X rocket mixtape playlist on Spotify. And people were like, oh, this is a cool song. That's a cool song. And uh, a bunch of them were saying, wow, I haven't heard this song in a long time or I haven't heard this one in forever. So, people, there are people enjoying our music, our playlist that's that we've that we've uh, curated from all the episodes that we've done so far. We've done, what, 70, 70 episodes have already been uh, published uh, there on, on Spotify and on other platforms. But a lot of awesome music is on that playlist. Can I tell you what I... The other day I was going to take a shower. You know, I removed my clothing and I was standing there naked and then decided... <laughs> oh, come on. What are you doing? Ew! <laughs> then Ew! I just, then the I visual. decided what I wanted to listen to when I went into that shower to lotion up or to lather up my <laughs> lather naked up. body. And I said, you know what? I'm going to turn on the ultimate Gen X rock and mixtape playlist. And Hollywood, I had quite an interesting mix. So interesting that I just wrote down a few of the songs so that you could hear what I heard while I was in there lathering up my 55-year-old not as tight body as it used to be. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> All right, so it starts out with Boss, and I can't remember which song. But then it goes okay. into Volby, um, The Devil's Weary Crown. Is that what it is? Devil's Weary Crown? Uh, no, it's a Devil's Bleeding Crown. Devil's Bleeding Crown. That's what it is. Right. And then it goes into Dragon the Line. I believe that's Tommy Shandell. Shandell? Shandell, yeah. Right. Then it goes into The Beatles, Baby You Could Drive My Car. It goes in from there. It goes into I Really Want to See You Tonight. Is that David Coley or John Coley? It, it's a, it, <laughs> I know it's two it's, guys. Yeah, it's England Dan and John Ford Coley. That's it. But it was a weird mix because it went, you know, uh, Volbeat, Tommy Shand Tommy Shandell, the Beatles, uh, that those two names you just said, and then all of a sudden <laughs> the Osmonds come on with Crazy Horse or Crazy Horses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, you know what? It's actually not a bad song. I just hate that weird like horse sound in there that he makes with the guitar or whatever he's doing it with. Yeah, yeah, he's doing it with the the, the, the synthesizer. Right, and then I just <laughs> prayed. I said, come on, you got to liven this up a little because that's a few kind of more mellow songs right in a row. Uh, right. Deceiver from Priest, Moody Blues, Ride My Seesaw. It went back to Priest with Rock Hard, Ride Free, and then closed it out. With Dio, Dreamer, body washed, body dried, ready to take on the day. Wow, what a that was a cool mix. Even though uh, a few of the songs there were some of the older ones, sixties and seventies, kind of right in a row, it still mixed in some some a lot of variety with that. And the longer that you listen to, I'm sure 
I'm sure Andy, when he was playing it, they, they played it for so long that they got a lot of great tunes mixed in there over the course of whatever, eight, ten hours he was playing it. Uh, who knows how long. But still, there's there's close to 800 songs now, over 56 hours of music on there. So uh, Andy and his group up there in New Hampshire, they just scratched the surface of listening to this Ultimate Gen X Rocket Mixtape playlist. on Where can you find it? On Spotify. Right, and I apologize right now if anyone had to be subjected to Michelle, my bell. But anyway, <laughs> Hollywood, what do we have going today? All right, so today on today's episode of the GTFO podcast, we have another edition of The Album Swap. I've got an album that you need to hear. Well, I've got an album that you need to hear. When you both have music that friends need to share. Album Swap. Yeah, let's do it. Album Swap. Let's get to it. Album Swap. Now, essentially, the idea here is that that we introduce to the other person an album that perhaps we've never heard of before, or it's an album that we know that the other would never listen to or <laughs> ever. That's not entirely true, though. That's not entirely true. I know. Like, Dirty Jim has introduced to me a couple uh, albums. One of them was, uh, was it a Rob Zombie one. Right. And he knew uh, I'm not a Rob Zombie fan. And But I did listen to the album. And, yeah, I was surprised. There were maybe two songs on the album where I was like, okay, this is pretty cool stuff. I will listen to these two songs. And then, of course, Dirty Jim added like six songs from the from the yeah. album <laughs> to the yeah, playlist. There was an album I was going to introduce on this one, and I'm not going to name it now because it's an episode coming down the road. But mm -hmm. you listened to that album, and you thought that album was great, and you had never really given them a chance. Oh, okay. You know who I'm talking about. I'm a little curious right now, but let's let's leave it for a behind-the-scenes talk. Okay, I mean, uh, <laughs> let's just say he's a son of a very famous musician. Oh yes! Oh my God! <laughs> now you see, you just you just triggered the the thought in my yes. Oh my God, dude! I actually can't wait to uh, to do that album because I was I was shocked. I I did not. I it just totally passed me by. I was like, whoa! I am a fan. And now the the album is already almost thirty years old, I think. Yeah, but it's coming in yeah. a few episodes, not too many. Okay, so here we go. So when it comes to the album swap, it, it can be an older album, perhaps even a newer album, because we have to keep in mind, and, and Dirty Jim has mentioned this before several times, as Gen Xers, it doesn't mean that we're just relegated to only listening to music from the sixties to the nineties, because essentially that's you know, the, those are the core years for, for Gen Xers listening to music. And then all of a sudden, after high school or, or your early 20s, it just like, it just drops off. For the most part, most people stop listening to new music. But there's a bunch of us that still do. Dirty Jim and I, we still listen to new music, and it's still ending up on our Gen X Rock and Mixtape playlist because we're Gen Xers and we're still listening to this music. So, and we're still alive. Uh, and we're still alive. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so uh, uh, anyway, during this episode, we're going to be picking a few songs from each of these two albums that we're going to introduce to you right now to go to the ultimate Gen X Rock and Mixtape playlist on Spotify. All right, Dirty Jim, let's go! Oh. <laughs> wow. 
I know he was gonna do that every time I I do something like that. He's like disgusted. You know what? It, it's it's like I need to go get a Tums or something. <laughs> Some Rolades, R O L A I D S. And we don't uh, we're not sponsored by either one of those brands. But look what we just did. Gave him a little business. <laughs> All right, here we go. So to introduce the albums that we're going to be talking about today, the first album that we're going to be doing on the album swap is the album that Dirty Jim's bringing to the table, which is an album from the band Kansas called Power. Now, Power was released there on November 28, 1986. The band members in Kansas are lead vocals and keyboards, Steve Walsh. Then on guitar and backing vocals, we have Steve Morse. Uh, guitar and backing vocals, Rich Williams. Bass guitar and backing vocals, Billy Greer, and on drums, Phil Ehart. Dirty Jim, why don't you give some album notes for the uh, album Power by Kansas? You know what's kind of funny is I did not find a lot of album notes for this or the one that you are bringing to the table, but I, of course, using my vast knowledge of the internets, the interwebs, I went and I found (laughs) some stuff for us. So here we go. Uh, Leading up to this album... Steve Walsh left the band in October of 1981 and formed the band Streets. Do you know any songs from the band Streets? None. I can't think of one right now either, and I was going to check it out. I just didn't. But anyway, uh, Streets broke up in 1985, shortly after they released their second album. And during that time, Kansas had made two albums with another lead vocalist called John Elefante. And Walsh made his Kansas return in July of 1985. Now, Xavier Russell of the British magazine Kerrang! called the pompous sound of Kansas. This is for this specific album. He called the pompous sound of Kansas very dated. And despite a few pleasant rockers, he found some other songs embarrassing beyond belief. That was Xavier (laughs) Russell. Now... An all-music reviewer, his name is Brett Adams, he said that Kansas took a dramatic change in musical viewpoints, becoming more hard rock and pop than progressive rock, which they're actually known for. Uh, And that probably surprised longtime Kansas fans, but gave the band an interesting, if ultimately short-lived, new direction. So you got two people there. One guy says it's kind of okay at times, but mostly stinks. And the other guy yeah. says, it ain't too bad. But, you know, when you're when you're listening to this album, if you're expecting Carry On Wayward Son or Dust in the Wind, that, that Kansas of the 70s, this is not it. Uh, the right. album is more, I would say, Journey, even Asia. You could definitely hear hints of Asia there. And even the theatrical style of sticks. But right. this is not the Kansas of the 70s. I really do like it. That's why I want Hollywood to hear it. I don't know if he was ready for it, but why don't you tell us a little (laughs) bit about your band that you're bringing? Okay, so the other album that we're bringing to the table on today's episode is uh, from a band called Dirty Honey. Now, this is a a newer band. They originated in Los Angeles, California in 2017. Now, this album that I'm bringing to the table is actually their uh, self-titled debut. So it's on their own uh, label, their own uh, independent label that they call Dirt Records. How about that, Dirt? Nice. Their record label's named after you. <laughs> they must They must be uh, listeners of the podcast. Must be. They got to be listening to it. What up, Dirty Honey? 
<laughs> so they did release a, a self-titled EP before this. With all, I think it only had like six songs on there. Uh, but this is their actual full-length debut album. And uh, this was released back in 2021. And the band members are lead singer Mark LaBelle. On guitar, John Nato. On bass, Justin Smolian. And on drums, Jaden Bean. Dirty Jim, why don't you go with some album notes for Dirty Honey's self-titled debut? Okay, well, lead singer Mark Lavelle came up with the band's name after hearing Robert Plant mention his band, The Honey Drippers, in a Howard Stern interview and thought it sounded like a dirty rock and roll name. <laughs> this band was nominated for Best New Rock Alternative Artist for the 2020 iHeartRadio Music Awards. And in 2021, they toured in support of this album on the California Dreamin' Tour with opening act Joyous Wolf, as well as opening for the Black Crows on their Shake Your Moneymaker Tour. And that is all I have about this band. There is not a lot of information about them. They're so new. I wonder if it's because they kind of hit with this album right at the beginning of the pandemic. I wonder if that's why... But you would think that when people are sitting home, they're looking for new stuff to do. I never heard right. of this, never heard of this band until you introduced them to me, and I got some things to say. Okay, well, uh, here's one thing that's really interesting to know is that when they did release their their EP uh, in March 2019, Dirty Honey became the first ever unsigned band in the history of music to hit number one on the Billboard's mainstream rock charts. Wow. So they had a song at that time called When I'm Gone, which was on their self-released uh, EP. And imagine that. They release an EP. These are This is the generation, a newer generation, that uses YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And they just self-released it. And you hear the music that comes out of what they're doing, and you're like... My God, it sounds so professional. It sounds like it you know, was released by a major record label, and yet not. They just did it on their own. And their first EP, bam, they hit number one on, on a mainstream rock chart. It wasn't even like you know, some sort of little rock chart. This is Billboard's mainstream rock chart, so that's pretty huge. And then uh, in several interviews, singer Mark LaBelle, he was asked about signing with a major record label, whether he would do it. And he said... Well, I think that the mentality was, why would we ever sign with a label at this point? It doesn't make any sense. Anybody that's coming on now would be coming on strictly to take advantage of the band. And then he went on to say, every interaction I've had with other bands and artists about their own record labels has never really been good. It just seems like more of a pain in the ass than anything else. And so... Hey, you know, it, it may, that may be the way of, of bands going today. And I know it's been around for a, a number of years already. You know, a bunch of these new artists kind of releasing their music right on directly on Spotify or on YouTube. Uh, but especially when it comes to rock bands, the reason that you didn't hear this stuff, and I didn't really hear it at that time either, is because rock music is really essentially underground. That's where it is. I mean, you don't, you're not hearing it really on the radio much. And But I have heard... Uh, Dirty Honey on the local uh, um, classic rock station and or now they're just a rock station but they've always been this classic rock station and that's where I actually did hear them was on 95.5 KLOS here in Los Angeles. 
And another thing about rock being underground is they're barely even represented at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, God. Don't get me started on that. I'll go off on another rant. Let's get into this episode. All right. So what we're going to do is I'm going to introduce one song from my album, then you're going to introduce one song from yours. Perfect. We're going to listen to the song, and we're going to talk about the song. All right. Let's do it. All right. And the first song that I'm bringing from the Kansas Power album from 1986 is Silhouettes in Disguise. All right, what you just heard was Silhouettes in Disguise from Kansas. And Hollywood, like I said before, I did not find a lot of information about this album at all, so I had to dig deep. So I basically have some Kansas fans and some, uh, what do you call those people? Those critics, rock critics. I found some critics that said some things about the album. So this is just from a Kansas fan called Ross Kalnikov. I'd imagine a Russian, perhaps a Lithuanian. I'm not sure. I don't want to get into that right now. But he said, Power was an excellent album with strong melodic songs and also some deeper cuts. I agree. I mean, I think that this has a lot, a very, a lot of similarities with um, Journey, the Escape album, because they did have some great deep cuts. But anyway... He said that Silhouettes in Disguise is their only tune that really puts Steve Morris out front. And I have to agree with him. I think the guitar work in this song was excellent. But this intro for this song, just it it's just like an ambush. It just ambushes you right from... Ambushes you? Does that sound right? Anyway, hey, <laughs> ambushes a, you. Yeah, this thing ambushes you. But... Uh, it's it's energetic and dynamic throughout the whole thing. It just keeps coming at you. It doesn't really come up for air for the whole thing. Maybe during the musical break, that's the only time, but still it just keeps pushing forward. For me, this song, Silhouettes in Disguise, is a grade A prime cut. I'm not so sure Hollywood's going to think so. What do you think? Well, I, I you know, Silhouettes in Disguise, I, I think it's a... It does remind me a little bit of Journey. Right. I mean, it's it's not in the category of Journey as far as uh, song uh, greatness, but it has that. It's in that same realm, and I think there's a great way to start the album. I like the uh, guitar riff uh, when we get to the the chorus. It definitely has. I, I could sing. I could see Steve Perry from Journey singing this song. It sounds like something. If he were to put his vocals to this track, you'd be like, "Oh, okay, that's a that's a journey song." And then you know, it's it kind of sounds like that. Uh, but Hollywood. But with that being, let me let me, inter- let me interrupt you for one second. Can you also picture Steve Perry doing a handstand on the keyboards? <laughs> what? <laughs> Steve Walsh will do a handstand on his keyboards. That guy is freaking oh, crazy. Okay. Okay, so I, I guess that's a thing for for Can, for Steve Walsh and, and Kansas. <laughs> yes. So go ahead. Uh, but anyway, so with this song, it, it does uh, it does sound dated to me. So I agree with that initial reviewer, which you had said something about how it's a uh, very dated. But when he was saying he was saying dated back at that time, which would have meant that in '86 he was saying that that sounded like '70s music. Uh, uh-uh, uh, not to me. I think this does sound like the 80s. Right. And as you go through this album today in 2023, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's definitely an album from the 1980s because the keyboards, 
just totally give it away. And the, and the song structures and the style of the songs, it's definitely 80s. But for me, Silhouettes in Disguise, uh, I like the track. I, I wouldn't put it into prime cut uh, category. I will give it, though, a grade A deep cut and still make the Ultimate Gen X Rocket Mixtape playlist on Spotify. I'll accept that. Why don't you tell right. me what you're going to do with your first song from Dirty Honey? Okay, so the first track that I'm bringing from Dirty Honey's self-titled debut album is California Dreamin'. Okay, that was California Dreamin', which is the lead track from Dirty Honey's self-titled debut album from 2021. Now, right away, it's you could tell that this band is just a straightforward garage rockin' band. It's just basic guitar, bass, drums, and a singer. It's just a four-piece band and just riffage that sounds... It's very 70s as far as like the riffage and the sound of it, but it's still, it's still a modern-sounding rock with a throwback to kind of classic rock sounds. And I think it's a cool song. I really dig it. I dig the video as well. Um, I don't know, Dirty Jim, if you got a chance to go on YouTube and see their video for, for this song. I did not. Um, okay, so the video itself, it's a really cool video. And again, the band is not signed. It's an unsigned band. And you look at the video, you're thinking, man, they must have put, you know, like a hundred grand into this video. There's a, It's a really well-produced, well-done video. You have this... Uh, this this door, uh, you have the lead singer and uh, this woman are uh, going through doors, doorways, and each door that they open opens up to like a different area or landscape of California. They'll open one door, you'll see the beach. Then they're then they're out on the beach and he's singing. And then there's another door, uh, just right there in the middle of the beach. They open the door and it's like uh, the the redwoods in California. And then they're out there in the redwoods. It's a really cool video to see. And uh, but the song itself, I love the uh, the the uh, the chorus. It's a really cool chorus. The guitar solo, the middle guitar solo by John Notto is really cool. And even that mini little guitar soloing at the end to end the song, I think is so cool. Very reminiscent of something from the '70s. But for me, California Dreamin', I'm giving it a grade A prime cut. I really dig this band, and I think you guys, if you've never heard of Dirty Honey. Uh, this song is going to be a song that you're going to really enjoy. Dirty Jim, what did you think of uh, California Dreamin'? So when this song first started, it actually sounded from the intro that it was heading into kind of an anthemy song. But but it's not at all because when it actually kicks in, I totally agree with you. This is definitely 70s influenced. It's exciting, upper medium tempo. It's a rocker. Uh, this really is... You pretty much said a lot of the stuff that I said, so I'm trying to mix it up a little bit. But it's pure rock and roll without a ton of flash. And I agree with you. It is a grade A prime cut. I actually loved this song when I first heard it. And I'm like, who are these guys? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, let's move on, Hollywood. We're going to go back to the Power album. And I'm going to introduce my second song. I hope you like this one a little better than the first one. Okay. Here we go. And this is actually track number two. Silhouettes in Disguise was track number one. Track number two from the album is a song called Power. 
Okay, what you just heard was a song called Power from the album that I'm introducing today from Kansas. And this guy that goes by the name of Burpee had this to say about the song, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy this one, Hollywood. (laughs) He said, and he's kind of having a conversation with himself. He said, wow, man, this is the best Survivor album to date. (laughs) Then he comes back at himself and says, it's not Survivor. And then he goes, what? It's not Survivor? It's Ario Speedwagon? (laughs) Guy comes back at him. No. So it's Journey with a new singer? (laughs) No, it's Kansas. So he comes back and says, no, it's Kansas. Then he goes, Kansas? And he goes, you're kidding me, dude. No, look, it's written on the cover. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, man, I I knew you were going to love this. Because I know you don't love this album as much as I do. But right, and I, right. <laughs> I would definitely love to add more songs from this album because I really like this album, but I'm only taking five from it. But this song, Power, it's the second single from the album. And I love that basic intro. It just, you know, kind of comes at you slow but steady. This song, it, it has the feel of a power ballad, but I definitely wouldn't classify it as that. But at times you would think that it is kind of a power ballad. Uh, I think the chorus is great. It's so uplifting and inspiring. I even love the bridge from this one. Uh, Wow. Dirty Jim likes a bridge. (laughs) Power, to me, has a fantastic flow. And I would not, I'm not going to give this a grade A prime, but I am definitely giving it a grade B prime. I have a feeling you're going to give it another grade A deep, maybe even grade B. What do you think? Okay, so at the very beginning, what what Dirty Jim failed to tell you was the intro starts and there's no guitars. There's heavy keyboards at the very beginning of the, of the song. And it as the song goes on, it, it's sounding like something that the band Chicago did in the 80s. You know in Chicago, they changed their sound as well in the 80s. Very just keyboard heavy, very kind of, uh, I don't know, it's... It just sounds like something you would hear in a one of those um, the '80s movies, like a, a John Hughes movie or something. You know how they did those uh, little montages in the middle of the movie. It's like, oh, here's the video for the movie. You know, I actually would <laughs> think <he's... laughs> that this song would be played. I, I agree that this would definitely be in an '80s movie, either when the hero finally comes through or when the yeah. underdog <laughs> is winning. You know, I could see right, that right. happening. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what I'm thinking. So uh, I actually like the chorus in this song much better than the verses. The verse, the verses, like you said, they're they're more of a, kind of ballad like in the verses, right. but it really picks up in the chorus because that's where you're hearing the heavy rocking guitars and the you know the the chanting of the word power and and we get to the guitar solo. Steve Morse does a great job. It's a very melodic guitar solo. I love that he harmonized. Uh, the melodic guitar solo sound great. I also like the bridge, <laughs> so I think it's a good bridge uh, to the song. Overall, I think it's a decent song. It's you know again, it's this is not the style that I'm I'm really into. It's it's really sounding pop rocky to me. You know, like like just it's just a it, it. This is a grade A deep cut because I do like it. Um, but I'll say it's a grade A minus deep cut to Silhouettes in Disguise because I like Silhouettes in Disguise better. But both songs, I think they're decent enough, and I don't mind them being on the playlist. 
Well, thank you, Hollywood. At least I got that from you. What are you bringing for your second song? (laughs) Okay, so the second song that I'm bringing from the band Dirty Honey off their self-titled debut is a song called The Wire. So that was a song called The Wire by Dirty Honey. And again, this is a short song, three minutes and five seconds. And the, the standout you really hear, the lead singer, his name is Mark LaBelle. I think this vocal, I think he's an amazing vocalist. I mean, he has this really cool, high-pitched vocal, uh, and especially in the chorus on this song. I mean, he's got a high-pitched vocal, and he just has this raspiness that he carries throughout the song so well. I like the way he phrases his lyrics uh, also in this really cool way. And uh, the the guitars sound great. The, the combination of guitars and bass kind of, uh, you know, mixing together very well. Again, very well-produced music here. This is definitely not done, uh, you know, basement-style, garage-style recording. Uh, Even though they do sound like a a 70s garage-style band, it's not garage-style production. It really is uh, produced very well. And I think people, uh, when people hear some of these newer bands, the the most uh, the band that people talk about the most about these newer 70s sounding uh, groups is a band called Greta Van Fleet. Now Greta Van Fleet they have their own style. Uh, Dirty Honey is not in that category. Greta Van Fleet really does have a Zeppelin-y kind of feeling. It's not just the the, the vocalists; it's their music as well. It's almost prog rocky when we're talking about Greta Van Fleet, kind of this prog rock feeling. When we're talking about Dirty Honey, this is not a 70s prog rock style band. This is a straightforward, hit you in the face, uh, rocking band, a little bit of bluesiness going on with them. This is a solid song, The Wire. I dig it. Dirty Jim, what did you think about The Wire? I actually disagree with you a little because when I hear these guys, I hear Zeppelin. I hear Aerosmith, I hear Greta Van Fleet, I hear Wolfmother, and I hear a little bit of April Wine. So I definitely think these guys sound a little like Led Zeppelin. They sound a little like all those other bands, but that I'm not hating them for it. I, if it's good right. music, it's good music. Right. But that's that's how I feel. I mean, when I when I was listening to this album, I'm like, man, these guys sound like them here. They sound like these guys here. But right. for this song, <clears throat> you know how I love a little bit of sexiness. Yes, yes the, you do. <laughs> the rhythm in the verses, it's very sexy. And and the chorus, it's it's good, it's lively. I wouldn't call it a standout, but it's still good. I don't think this song is as good as California Dreamin', but that just like I said, it does not mean it is a bad song and I don't care who it sounds like. I think these guys are pretty freaking good. Two songs in, I would give this one a grade B. I think I gave California Dreamin' a grade A prime. This one's going to yep. get a grade B prime for me. I like it. It's now on the playlist. Let's move on back to Kansas Power. And the next song that I'm going to bring is a song called Secret Service. Okay, so that was just Secret Service and Hollywood I I would love to be in your mind right now to know what you're thinking. But this song, it does have some faults, which I will point out. But besides before that, you even go before we before you go, go ahead. Li- guys, listen. 
whatever fault Dirty Jim is going to say with the song is probably going to be complete opposite. I'm going to say these are the advantages to the song. <laughs> go <laughs> well, ahead, go. Let's see. But I believe that this thing could have been cut. The intro could have been cut 20 seconds. Because once that actual intro starts, a little bit of the sexy sexy begins. <laughs> This also has some sexiness in the verses, and the verses remind me a little of Dirty Laundry from Don Henley. I can hear that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, The chorus, it kind of trudges forward, almost with a menacing feel. Could have done without that long musical break. I I hope that you're not going to be the opposite there, but that, that musical break, I'm like, Okay, you know, where are you going with this? It's a little long. At one point, it felt like the music where when Dorothy's house was being blown away in the tornado on The Wizard of Oz. It was very, (laughs) you know, a lot of orchestra stuff going on there, but it was almost like Flight of the Bumblebee sounding. Um, But besides, you know, I'm not going to say this is not a grade A prime, not a grade B prime, not even a grade A deep because of the faults that it has. I'm going to put it as a grade B deep. If you put it as a fluff cut, I don't have a problem with this being removed from the playlist. I do like the song. I like this album. Uh, I know it's not resonating with you like it does with me, but what do you think? Okay, so for for Secret Service, when I hear the vocals kick in at at the beginning of the song, to me, it doesn't even sound like Steve Walsh. He's just he's singing in a different uh, vocal register. And so the very beginning, I'm like, did they have a guest singer or one of the other band members are sing- is singing? I'm not sure. But then you hear his voice kick in when he goes up to his higher register. And then elements of the song kind of reminded me of Asia. I'm yes. hearing Asia in this, in this song. And we get to the bridge. That middle bridge is pretty long and all... And then you hear all these keyboard sounds. And, and I keep thinking, okay, this is Kansas back in the 70s. All those keyboard-type sounds would have been actually done with an orchestra. You'd hear the orchestra and probably violins and cellos going on. It probably would have sounded better with a classic, uh, a classical orchestra. But then again, it was the 80s, and all these bands and artists and groups were going keyboard style. So uh, I'm hearing the bridge, and it's going on. It's changing time signatures and everything. I'm like... Oh, I'm liking this. And then it's it's breaking it up and it starts and stops and it it's it, it changes and I'm like, "Yes, th- now we have some really good music. I love the bridge." <laughs> Again, it's the part that Dirty Jim doesn't like, but that's the stuff I like. I like these bridges and the style of music. It's this is the song to me that is the most progressive sounding track on the album so far. Okay, and so I was so, going to say that the, there is an instrumental coming up, which is totally progressive. Yeah, but this particular song right here, this is the, the most progressive sounding of the vocal tracks. And um, I dig it. I like the song. I, again, it's, you know, so far, everything that I'm hearing, everything already is in deep cut territory for me. Okay. So uh, I'm going in between uh, grade A, grade B deep cut for this. I don't mind this being on the on the playlist just because I want to hear that middle bridge again. I want to hear that part of the song. So I really uh, dig it. So Dirty Jim, 
it's ending up on the playlist. Nice. Well, just sit there for four days one one of these times and uh, play our playlist, and eventually you're probably going to hear that. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I know you're never going to put it on yourself. Oh, that's for sure. But if it just pops up on the playlist, you know, like between an Ozzy song and then you got Billy Squire and you got Maiden and Priest and all of a sudden Sacred Service, you know, comes on, or I'll Michael, listen to it. Or, or right after that Michael Gordon Coley song. <laughs> yeah, you got their names just right, Dirty Jim. <laughs> all right, what's your next one? What's coming? Okay, so we're going back to Dirty Honey and their self-titled debut album. The next song that I'm bringing uh, to the episode is a song called Tied Up. All right, guys and gals, that was a song called Tied Up by Dirty Honey from their self-titled debut, 2021. That's right, guys and gals. (laughs) (laughs) So with this song, you hear the intro guitars and the bass, and right away you're thinking... Oh, is this a is this an Aerosmith song from the '80s? It sounded like something by Aerosmith from either Permanent Vacation or Pump. It, it's you have that feeling going on there as a the song starts up. It's a grooving song. It has some really cool uh, guitar riffs and the bass sound together. And 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 then of course when Mark starts singing, uh, he has a different vocal style than uh, uh, Steven Tyler. But man, this guy again sounds just really good and i'm gonna emulate dirty jim's sentiments here that he said uh, uh, on another song this this is a sexy sounding track oh yeah definitely i i left it out of this right up because <laughs> i've had two sexy sexies in a row yeah so i'm, I'm bringing the sexy back i'm bringing sexy back yeah I'll bring it to this song. <laughs> uh, that's too bad that you had to go there, though. Yeah, I know. I just did it. <laughs> but anyway, this is, uh, I mean, you hear the lyrics in the song, you know, being tied up and all this stuff. And it's a, it's definitely a sexy song. To me, it's simply, it's a fun rock and roll song. And then when you get towards the end of the song, I love that back and forth with uh, uh, Mark singing with the female vocalist. And then the music kind of just fades out. And then you just have Mark LaBelle singing a cappella at the very end with that little bit of raspiness and voice in his voice. Oh, man. These guys, to me, they sound so good. Uh, I'm actually going to be seeing Dirty Honey in concert here uh, coming up in, what, next month? It's October. I think it's October or November I'll be seeing them in concert. I can't wait to see these guys live. Uh, yeah, I'm already I'm digging their music. Dirty Jim, what did you think of the song Tied Up? Do you know who the female is doing the background vocals there? I do not know. Tell me. I don't know who it is, but I would not <laughs> be surprised because when I'm listening, I'm like, man, this sounds like Lisa Geyer, who I saw at the Red Door in Watertown back when I lived in Connecticut. She also has done some work with Sully from Godsmack. Huh. And... It sounds just like her. She's kind of bluesy rock, you know? Yeah. Uh, And that voice, it really does sound just like her. I would not be surprised if it is. But anyway, this is another one. It's just medium tempo, feisty rock. I love it. And their choruses are not like, they're not world beaters. But they're so good. The vocals are so good. And the music, it's got, you know, it's kind of funky rock. I love it. I, I've So far, I love all three of these songs that you're bringing. 
I applaud you today, Hollywood. I applaud you. I wish <laughs> I wish you were a little more kind to my songs, but at least you're bringing all three along. All right, here we go. All right, we're going back to uh, power. Yes. All right, if before the end of this uh, thing, we do find out that that's Lisa Geyer, I would love to know. Yes, I would like to know too. All right, well, maybe maybe during one of these songs when I have a little extra time, I will look it up myself. But here we go. The All next right. song that I'm bringing from the Kansas Power album is track number eight, Three Pretenders. Okay, that was just Three Pretenders from the Kansas Power album. And Hollywood, I got another little thing from a reviewer, uh, just a fan. His name is Clem of Nazareth. And he says, I, I would imagine it's a he, I have no idea. I didn't see what their sex was. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to assume their gender. So let's just say it's Clem of Nazareth. And okay. <clears throat> this person said, this is actually a pretty good rock album. What it's not is a Kansas album and doesn't fall into <laughs> the category of progressive rock at all. But. You know, this this song starts out, it has a theatrical building intro, but it's really short. And it's a song that it really is telling a story. And it's crystal clear. When you listen to the song, you can follow that story. You don't have to even wonder what he's saying because he is singing so clearly. But the chorus is probably my favorite part of the song. It's lively and spirited. In my opinion, the musical break in this one is, for me, Hollywood, maybe not you, but for me, way better than Secret Service. The song actually feels shorter than, it's like, it's almost four minutes long. It actually, to me, feels shorter than that. I like the song. I could almost give it a, I can't give it a grade B prime but i will give it a grade a deep cut what do you think okay so uh the original guy that you mentioned before that comment keeps sticking in my head because i'm hearing this track and again i'm hearing the band survivor and right. journey on this and i think this other person clem that you just mentioned from nazareth uh they're right on this does this does not sound like a kansas album to me when, when you first mentioned this to me and you said, oh, Kansas Power, check out the album, I listened to it and I'm like, huh? I was very confused because I'm thinking Kansas from the 1970s, Kansas, you know, super progressive and just, you know, odd meter tempos and just, you know, and I'm thinking also, you know, uh, Carry On Wayward Son style type guitars. That is not this album, but it is, uh, I think it's a decent rock album for the times, and as far as that middle uh, uh, musical break, I agree with you. I do like this middle musical break better than Secret Service. Uh, however, I like Secret Service because it is a progressive bridge and middle break. But the guitar solo in this song in Three Pretenders, by far, this is the, the best guitar solo on the album that I've heard so far by Steve Morse. I dig it. This track, to me, is right up there with uh, Silhouettes in Disguise. I'm giving it a grade A deep cut, and I don't mind this one being on the playlist as well. Now, Hollywood, when I first started this out, I gave the little disclaimer that if you're expecting Carry On Wayward Son in Dust in the Wind, Kansas, 
this ain't it. Right. Yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, and I mean, I, I realized that, too, because I love Kansas of the 70s. And but man, when this album came out and I even bought Spirit, what is it? Spirit in Things or something like that. It's the next the next album after this one. Definitely not power at all. But when this one came out, I said, man, this is actually pretty good music. As long as you don't sit there and think, wow, this sounds nothing like Kansas. This stinks and just accept it for what it is. But how, how I'm curious, how did you actually get into this? Was it just because you were a Kansas fan or did your uh, older brother have this album or somebody told you about the album? How did you actually get into finding out about this album in 1986? Well, because they did play power on the radio here on like PLR on any one of those okay. rock stations. They did play that song when I heard it because I do love Steve Walsh's voice. I think it's very, okay. very clean, very clear and it's powerful, almost like, um, what's his name? Uh, Steve Perry, a uh, Perry, okay. almost like Steve Perry. And uh, uh-huh. it's just so clean, and they could hit some really great notes. And I've always loved his voice. But I heard this song, Power, and I said, you know, I, I'm going to go buy this album if that song is, is decent. And that's back when we had to go buy the albums to hear the rest of it. Right. <laughs> you know? So I wasted a lot of money doing that where I would have had a really nice playlist if I could have just downloaded all this stuff like the kids can do today. Right. Which is why what we're, we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. We, we listen to it so they don't have to. Yeah. All these episodes, we're, we're building this, really, this ultimate Gen X rock and mixtape playlist is because that's what we want to hear. But man, we still got a long way to go. Yeah, out of the kindness of our hearts, we're doing this. Yes, we are. We are. We still have the entire, almost the entire lipstick and leather catalog from our other podcast to bring into the fold here. Right. We got a lot of Judas Priest, a lot of Sabbath that we still need to do. And oh, we can't wait to bring that uh, that stuff to you. And uh, oh, man, just wait to the next episode, guys. Wait to the next episode. (laughs) What do you this is track four from both of us. What do you have from Dirty Honey? Okay, so the next track that I'm bringing from Dirty Honey's self-titled debut album is a song called Take My Hand. Okay, so that was a song called Take My Hand, and this is another track, short track. Most of these tracks are are, are really uh, short, three minutes or so. This one's only three minutes and five seconds, and when you hear that main riff right away, you're thinking it's uh, very uh, Led Zeppelin-like. It has that that style, Led Zeppelin. I'm also hearing a little bit of the band that you mentioned before, Dirty Jim. You said uh, a band called Wolf Mother. Right. I'm hearing Wolf Mother on this track, too, because this uh, riff here, it's very bass-heavy. And Wolf Mother does a lot of that. When they're playing their guitars, the bass, the way that they do the production, they bring the bass way up in the mix. And the bass and the, uh, the guitars together just makes it so powerful. They're doing the same thing in this particular song with the the bass and the, and, uh, the main guitar riff. So to me, this is a really cool mid-tempo track. I dig Mark LaBelle's vocals there in the pre-chorus where he, he starts going up into his upper high-pitched register right before the uh, right before the chorus. And then he sings that chorus, with, you know, the take my hand part of the chorus. And another track that I really dig, I, I like the, the guitar solo uh, again by John Notto. This is just another song I, I'm... I'm really liking this no-nonsense rock band. 
They're not trying to do anything flashy. They're not trying to do anything, you know, all progressive or whatever. And at the same time, I don't find them boring because there's certain bands that I find that are just kind of, you know, just a, a straightforward rock bands. I find them kind of boring. But this guy, his his vocals, I really like the vocals and I really like John Notto's guitar style and uh, what he does with his, his riffing. So, uh, so far, uh, these are all really good songs to me. Dirty Jim, what did you think of this song, Take My Hand? I totally agree with you, but if you're listening to this album and you don't really know it, which I didn't, and I've listened to it a few times, and these songs kind of blend into one another because it's if you don't hear that chorus, you don't know really what song you're listening to because a lot of them kind of, they kind of have the same feel to it, but it doesn't make it a bad album at all for me like some albums where you hear it and it's like what was the album that you didn't like that i introduced on one of these uh uh make what are we calling this episode i forget what we call uh, the uh the album swap. album swap what was that band they were kind of heavy a little uh they had the little orchestra playing with them at times but they played a lot of ballads right in a row heavy ballads Oh, uh, Skillet? Skillet. I couldn't think of the name. Like, you didn't like a lot of those songs because they kind of did flow into one another. Right. And right. I did like it because I loved the sound of that guy's voice and I loved the music because it was heavy and his voice was just so raspy and good. But I find the same thing with these guys. Their songs kind of just flow into one another, but that does not make it a bad thing. I love it. And this song here, Take My Hand, it's just more sexy, lively, assertive <laughs> rock, even though it's not, you know, it's not heavy and in your face, but it is definitely assertive and it is just good rock and roll. Four great songs from this band. Let's move back over to power. I only have one more song to introduce. I'm not quite sure how many you have Hollywood. So let's go to my last song here. And it's a song called, it's track number nine from the Kansas Power album called Tomb 19. All right, what you just heard was Tomb 19 from the Kansas Power album. And I have a real critic here, Hollywood, a real critic <laughs> from loudersound.com. His name is Jerry Ewing. And he said, in the hair metal friendly 80s, the band did indulge some syrupy balladry. However, there were still elements of the band's progressive past in both Tomb 19 and Musicato. While Silhouettes in Disguise, Secret Service, and the title track were strong melodic rockers. Kansas' finest hour in the 80s, which I definitely agree. If you heard the other albums, which there were two by another uh, lead singer, but if you heard the Kansas 80 albums, this one is the standout for the 80s. But, you know, this song starts out with a very uplifting, uh, peppy intro. It's another storyteller. I, I love the spirited chorus. I, I absolutely love Steve Walsh's vocals. I always have. Even back in the 70s, you know, when I was first listening to him when I was like five. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did not love the first part of the musical break, but I did, I think it picked up towards the end. I really like that part. This here for me, it's a medium tempo, more of a grade A deep cut, uh, borderline, definitely borderline grade B 
prime cut, but I'm going to put it in the grade A deep cut range. I think the two stands out on this album were Silhouettes in Disguise and Power for me. But this is the last song I'm introducing. What did you think of Tomb 19? Okay, so uh, you hear the song, and again, this is, it screams 1980s. This song is so 80 sounding. It's it really is dated, uh, <laughs> but I, I do like the, the the storytelling aspect of it. And I'm listening to the lyrics. I'm, I'm you know I'm reading them through. It's kind of I hear the music and I'm listening to the lyrics. Or it's reminding something that you could see in uh, again, like I said, like an '80s movie. I don't know something like uh, I don't know, Romancing the Stone, Big Trouble, Little China, whatever. Something the Goonies, from, you know some. The good, yes, exactly. <laughs> Some sort of '80s action adventure movie or something, and the song would fit right in, you right. know. So um, I think it's a decent track. I'm not too too crazy about it. Um, for me, yeah, I would give it a grade B deep cut. Uh, but if you're really into it. It's on the playlist, but I'm okay with it. Don't you think that like some of these more inspirational songs from this album that I've chosen, don't you think they would have fit into that Iron Eagle uh, movie better than that song that was absolutely horrible that we brought to the oh podcast? Or we, we didn't oh bring it to the God. playlist, but we brought it to <laughs> no, the podcast. But- yeah, yeah, we played it on the episode, but there was no way we were going to put that on the <laughs> on our playlist, man. It was so bad. Oh man. Uh but yeah, I think these songs uh would definitely do better on that 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 uh that movie Iron Eagle for sure. <laughs> right. Can I ask you a question? I now I'm done with my album. I know you have a little more from your album, but is there anything else from my album that you would bring along? You know what? I, I think we're good. Okay. I'm good. I'm good here, you know, with the songs that you even selected. I haven't even, I didn't even fluff cut anything. No, I was, I, I, you know, I think that if I chose a few of the other ones, there would be some fluff coming my way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what? I, I, kind of let it slide all this stuff. I mean, this is your album, the one you're bringing and I'm, you know, for the most part, I'm, I'm pretty much okay with this. I actually, if I had a choice between this album and that Rob Zombie, uh, crap of an album that you brought, this one blows away Rob Zombie. I just, I did not get into that album. <laughs> I do not concur. I totally disagree I know you with don't. that one. <laughs> but all right. What's your next one? This is track five from your album. What are you bringing? Okay. So, uh, the next track that I'm bringing from Dirty Honey is a song called Gypsy. Okay, so that song is called Gypsy by Dirty Honey. The song was four minutes and 12 seconds long, and man, I, I just right away from the very beginning of the song, I love the fast, upbeat drum beat that, that really starts this track, and it, it kicks right into this another great main guitar riff. And uh, when we get to the, the chorus, this probably has the, the best chorus for me next to California Dreamin'. I really love the feel of the chorus, the music behind how he's singing uh, the chorus. And this is one of those guys, I wish I had a, a, a voice like, a singing voice like this guy. Man, it's just, if you could sing like this guy, if I could have sang like this guy, <laughs> I, I think I would have I, I been a contender. 
I could I could have been somebody. I'd be happy with just Paul Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, what do you mean just Paul Rogers? That guy had a, has a great voice. Yeah, but he doesn't have a voice like this guy. I love Paul Rogers' voice, but he does not have a voice like this guy. No, no, Mark LaBelle. There's and and Dirty Jim. He really pinpoints it on a lot of these bands when we do rabbit hole episodes. <laughs> I mean, there's there's bands we hear the music and we're like, yeah, the music sounds good, and then you hear the vocals, you're like, ah. Oh. Yeah, crap. These guys, <laughs> it is, and it's so hard to find a good vocalist. This band, wow, they scored with this guy Mark LaBelle, just a really good rock voice. I mean, he has a good mix between kind of a lower register. He's got the right amount of raspiness and that high pitch. He's able to go up to a high pitch, but not like an operatic scream. Just a rock and roll high pitch. Such a good voice. Man, this is another good track from this album. You guys, you're going to love this stuff when you hear it. Dirty Jim, what did you think about the song Gypsy? Well, while you were talking and while the music was playing, I looked up and I found that there is no evidence that Lisa Geyer played it all on this album. Okay. <laughs> but let's get to this song Gypsy. Now, this starts out dynamic and pretty much stayed lively throughout, except for a very short time during the musical break, like right at the beginning. Right. This is my favorite song of the album so far. It was just, it's just so good. I wish they could have taken that tiny little slowdown and thrown it right out because I was really loving what was going on. And not that I don't love the whole song, even with that little slowdown. Great song. I wish you loved it too as much as I did, because I'd love for it to be spanking good. But it's not. I love it. I'd probably put this one. I'd give this one grade A prime easy. Do you have any more coming from this album? I have one more song. Why don't you tell the people what it is? Okay, so the last song that I'm bringing from this album by Dirty Honey is a song called Another Last Time. All right, so that was a track called Another Last Time. And as the song starts off, you hear the intro of the song, and it, it really is, it's kind of a Jimi Hendrix-inspired intro, which at the same time, it, it also reminds me a little bit of a, a song from Pearl Jam called Yellow Lead Better. So if you've, if you've heard that song, this song has a little bit of that going on there in the intro. It's a, a very bluesy, kind of a slowish to mid-tempo track. I, I, would, I guess I would call it the ballad of the album, uh, but it does pick up uh, uh, you know, its tempo at certain parts of the song. But wow, man, I, 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 this is one of those songs that I can actually hear Chris Robinson from The Black Crow singing. I mean that this it has that feeling to it. It makes sense that Dirty Honey actually opened up for the Black Crows on tour because their their music uh, mixes together. That would be a good bill seeing Dirty Honey with uh with the Black Crows. It makes sense. And as I'm listening to the song, I'm also hearing a little bit of uh a guy named Chris Stapleton. Uh, Dirty Jim, do you know who this this person is? Have you heard his name before, Chris Stapleton? I have heard his name. I have heard his music. Okay, so this guy, he's he's a country artist, but he's he's not like a traditional country guy, twangy country guy. He's kind of a country blues, bluesy artist. And I guess his most famous song is Tennessee Whiskey. The dude has some vocals on him. It's a cool song, but this is, it kind of reminds me of something like something that Chris Stapleton could do on this track. But uh, man, when we get to the solo on uh, this song another last time, 
it just picks up the tempo just a bit. And that solo just really rocks out. I really love the bluesy rock nature of the solo. And at the same time, I'm also loving the female background vocals and the organ going on in the song. It's just overall, it's a really cool tune. And, um, I, you know, I really dig it. I think this one's a, I'd call this one a grade B prime cut. Dirty Jim, what did you think of Another Last Time? Now, you named all those other bands that you said, you know, kind of you could feel it during the song. But if people mm-hmm. out there like the Allman Brothers, you are going to immediately think Soul Shine because this, to me, reminded me of the Allman Brothers and it sounded kind of like the song Soul Shine. But okay. I love it. And you will reminisce when you hear this song, even if you're playing it for the first time. That's just the kind of song that it is. It's going to make you feel something. It is so great. This now has become my favorite song. This actually is my favorite song on the whole album. It is, wow. <laughs> it's so good. And Hollywood, I have a question. I have a question. It's really not for you. It's really for Dirty Honey themselves. Okay. Where have you been? I have never heard of you. (laughs) This was a great album. To me, I listened to this album several times and take my, and also, you know, when I was lathering up my body, cleaning it, you know, I was naked in the shower. (laughs) This is one of those albums that I was listening to while in the shower. I can recall it now. And in certain songs, I know exactly where I was washing when I was. You were in certain (laughs) certain crevices. But, But for me, I don't remember the song after it, but Take My Hand and the song after after that one were probably the weakest songs on the album, but it still would fit perfectly on this playlist. And I'm going to do something here, Hollywood, that has never been done on the GTFO podcast before. What's that? I want all eight songs from your album that you brought forward for this podcast i want all eight songs to enter the playlist i i don't want to hear an argument about it oh my god you want the okay so there were eight songs on the album i brought six you're also including no warning and the morning i want all of them i won't take no for an answer wow that's so cool, dude. Wow. I, I am I, I'm blushing here. Oh my God. Oh. You know, during it, during it, as I'm listening to it, I'm like, wow, these songs kind of sometimes flow right into one another. Where they right. some sound a little the same, but I'm also thinking this is going on a playlist. They're not going to be played back to back. Even if two were played back to back, it wouldn't matter. But these are going right. to come on like every, you know, six hours. And they are a huge, it's such a great fit for this playlist. This is a great band. Yeah. And, and those, the two songs I left off, the, I think the only reason I left them off is because we're doing, obviously we're doing two bands, two albums. And I'm like, okay, I got to cut something. But the other two songs, uh, there's a song called No Warning and a song called The Morning. And they're also good tracks. And I just, I just had to cut something. But if Dirty Jim is saying, just put it on the playlist, I'm putting the whole album on the playlist. You guys are going to enjoy this band. Uh, I I second what he said. It's just a good fit for the kind of music that we grew up with as Gen Xers. And just really good, solid, just rock and roll, a little bit of bluesiness, a little sexiness going on. 
And again, the singer, watch out for this band. They have a new album coming out uh, here in 2023. Let's see, what's the name of that album that's coming out? It's called Can't Find the Breaks. They're going to be releasing it this year. Once they release it, uh, I'm sure we'll get back to the, uh, this band uh, at another time in the future. And even maybe on a, you know, a, uh, one of our other episodes, maybe we could talk a little bit about some of the songs from their uh, uh, debut EP. Because that's, uh, that's the album or the, the, the EP of music that really jump-started their career. I mean, the, the song When You're Gone, it, it hit number one on the Billboard charts. So uh, that's a, a song that you guys got to hear as well. This really could have been a one-off album, like all by itself. Kind of like you, I almost did call you or text you and say to you, just like you did for me with that one album I was bringing actually for this episode where you said, you know, we should really do this as its own album. And I think we should have done the same thing with this album, but I'll be happy to hear all eight of these songs on the playlist. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, you know what that means, Dirty Jim? That means we've come to the end of another edition of the GTFO Album Swap. So, Dirty Jim, why don't you go ahead and mention our companion episode as well as what amazing music we're going to be reviewing next time. All right. If you haven't done it yet, shuffle on over to hear Black Sabbath, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath from 1973, which we're actually going to do right now for you in about 15 minutes, which will be two weeks and 15 minutes ago when you're listening to this. But... Uh, if you wait for another couple weeks after that, you're going to hear two more episodes. And one is going to be the 1993 album from Pearl Jam called Versus. And the other is a 10 spot. And it's going to deal with the ladies of the 80s. And that's going to have Vixen, Lita Ford, and Joan Jett. Looking forward to that episode, Hollywood. Yes. Yeah, so guys, go ahead. Hit the follow button there on Spotify or whatever preferred uh podcast platform that you like listening to that way you can be notified when new double episodes are released every first and 15th of the month that's four episodes a month that we release also if you'd like to send us an email with comments or suggestions just go ahead and send it to get the fluff out podcast at gmail.com or just go ahead and feel free to comment on our social media pages there on facebook instagram or x and in each of those social media uh, uh, channels, just go ahead and just go into search field, type in Get the Fluff Out Podcast, you'll find us. Or you can just go do a Google search and go directly to our website and find www.getthefluffoutpodcast.com. All right, and these sound effects that we don't do ourselves, we get from a site called zapsplat.com. And the intro music is a combination of two loops from a site called looperman.com. And they are a drum loop from HP Records called Vintage Kit 2. And the other is a guitar loop from Geomoon called Groovy Rock Guitars Loop Riff. And the outro music that you're hearing right about now is a song called Elijah Fields by our band. Yeah, that's Dirty Jim's and Hollywood's band called Forced Entry from 1988. Copywritten by Hollywood and Dirty Jim. So we want to thank everyone for carving out some time in your busy schedule to listen to the Get the Fluff Out podcast and to get a little Gen X nostalgic with us. So with that being said, Dirty Jim, we just got the fluff out. Oh, Dirty Honey, they don't mess around. <laughs> okay. <laughs>